Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Disney fans and welcome to another Disney vs Disney debate. I am your grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, and I have with me two exalted debaters ready to do their best to make sure that their favourite Disney title makes it through to the next round of these debates. On my right, I have our fact checker extraordinaire, Ellen Rose Sorensen. Hello. I'm on the other chair today. <laughs> and on my right hand side, Ooh. we have our. What left? Both on the right hand side. Both on the- <laughs> Sorry, I. Uh, look, I can't be <clears throat> held responsible for what I say. On my left hand side, Julie Eisentrager from Musicals Told Me Everything I Know. Oh, hey, hey. And other not and other podcasts. not mentioned podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> and because our fact checker is taking part today, we have a wonderful ring-in fact checker. Oh, you? We have Jen Tree, hey, who will be debating her own movie, yes. on a later episode. That's a future problem, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we right are now. In, in an impartial space, mm-hmm. ready to take what the debaters dish out. Mm. So. Today, we are debating two movies. The first movie is, see if you can guess it, Jen. <laughs> you don't know what this is. I'm, I have no idea what this could possibly be. Set in the whirlwind <laughs> town of New Orleans in the 1920s, the princess and the frog. Yay! Kane. Is famous for bringing us the first African-American Disney princess. The film tells us the story of hardworking waitress Tiana and spoiled playboy prince Naveen, who is turned into a frog by voodoo magic. Naveen, thinking Tiana is a princess, asks Tiana to kiss him to break the spell. But when she does so, she is turned into a frog and the two must traverse the Louisiana Bayou and find a voodoo priestess to turn them human again. I'm hearing like thunder or something. I'm yeah, wondering if thunder there a- just like started as soon as you said that, and it was very auspicious. I'm worried there's some like voodoo. Don't worry, I've ordered the perfect weather for this debate. <laughs> Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Yeah, weather. And the frog is going up against Lilo and Stitch. Set on the beautiful Hawaiian island of Kauai, Lilo and Stitch is a story about the importance of Ohana family and how family can be two sisters their weird alien dog, two more aliens, and a surfer guy, and a former CIA agent turned social worker. <laughs> That's not everyone's family. That's my family model to a T. Blended. <laughs> so Lilo and Stitch tells the story of a lonely little girl and her sister Nani who, whose lives are changed forever when an alien known as Experiment 626 programmed to destroy everything he touches crash lands on Earth and becomes their dog, Stitch. 
While two incompetent aliens try and extract <laughs> Stitch from Earth, Nani must try and keep Lilo from being taken away from a, by a terrifying social worker named Cobra Bubbles. <laughs> so. Just sounds ridiculous. Two classic Disney tales. <laughs> tales as old as time, really. When you, when you put it out there like that, it sounds ridiculous, but yeah. these are two very special Disney, mm. Disney movies. Yes. So we have made a made a roll of the dice and Julie Eisentrager won, which, and she elected to let Ellen go first. I'm just so nice. And Ellen <laughs> Thank you so much, Julie. I'm, just really, I'm nice. really, really thankful. So <laughs> the debate will open with a three-minute opening statement by each of our debaters, and then you will get a warning at two minutes, and I'll just cut you off at three. Uh, we will go straight in after that to a two-minute rebuttal of your of your opponent's points. Then we'll take a little break. We'll come back with an open discussion. Then we'll have a summation, and then I'll make my decision. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm so scared. My heart rate is literally 111 beats per minute right now. <laughs> Do we need to take a break now, Julie? No, apparently I just run fast. <laughs> All right. Okay. So there are five criteria that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the memorable moments. What moments do people remember from your movie and carry with them forever? The message that your movie puts into people's minds and whether it is good looking back on it and whether it is a good idea to keep it moving forward. The movie magic. What about your movie makes it the better film? The magic music. What makes the music in your film magical and then the catch-all category that disney touch what is it that disney put into this film that no one else would have all right well that's our introductions done i will start my timer and when i do that ellen you will have three minutes with a warning at two fantastic i do feel like i'm going to faint there is an awful (laughs) lot of pressure (laughs) Oh, I'm sure down. you will be <laughs> fine. And Let's your time, hope so. Your time starts as soon as you start talking. The Princess and the Frog is an underrated Disney classic that harkens back to the glory days of the Disney Renaissance with its gorgeous traditional 2D animation, sweeping jazz soundtrack and lovable complex characters all mixed up in the gombo pot of Jazz Age New Orleans. Written and directed by Disney powerhouses Ron Clements and John Musker of Aladdin and the Little Mermaid fame, The Princess and the Frog is of course iconic for bringing us Disney's first African-American princess in the form of Tiana, a hardworking waitress from downtown New Orleans who wants nothing more than to fulfill her daddy's dream of opening a restaurant. The message of The Princess and the Frog is both a subversion and a celebration of the old Disney motto of wishing on a star. In their quest to become human after voodoo magic turns them into frogs, Tiana and Prince Naveen learn that while working hard is important, it's the other parts of life, friends, family, love, and yes, the occasional wish upon a star that really make your dreams come true. The film also has a message about class. Tiana's dream is not just about opening a restaurant, it's about creating a place where everyone, from rich sugar barons to shoeshine boys, can come together and celebrate all the things that unite us, food, love, and music. And the music in The Princess and the Frog is amazing. It takes center stage like no other Disney film before it, and Pixar legend Randy Newman's soundtrack is filmed with everything, from big brassy jazz numbers to gospel anthems that flood the film. Music is so weaved into the plot that it feels so natural when characters break into song. When you've got an alligator on the trumpet, a frog on the ukulele, and a whole family of musical fireflies taking you on your journey, why wouldn't you bust out a tune or two? And the tunes are fantastic, from the jazzy fun of Almost There to what I consider to be one of the best Disney villain songs of all time, Friends on the Other Side. 
Like Tiana's restaurant, music is used in this film as a social level, uniting people from different classes and indeed different species. Disney located many of the animators from the original 2D animation department for this film and their experience shows. The film is really a love letter to 2D animation with its style and character designs inspired by a myriad of Disney classics, including Lady and the Tramp, Peter Pan, Bambi, Pinocchio, and 101 Dalmatians, just to name a few. There are little nods to previous Disney films all throughout, from Dr. Facilier's Living Shadow, The King Triton Float and the Mardi Gras Parade, and Ray and Evangeline stars in the night sky, recreating their iconic second star to the right image from Peter Pan. Princess and the Frog is Disney animation at its best and most beautiful, but it's the setting and the characters of this film that really set it apart from Disney films of yore. The New Orleans of the film is alive, bustling, a little bit magical and a little bit modern, and its postcard-perfect depiction of real locations like the French Quarter and the St. Louis Cemetery set Princess and the Frog apart from the generic European fantasy kingdoms of other princess films, and the characters are complex, believable, and lovable, even the comic relief. It's a testament to the magic of Disney that the most heartbreaking and heartwarming scene of the entire film goes to Ray, a toothless, Cajun-accented bayou dwelling firefly and his love for the evening star Evangeline. Princess and the Frog is a warm, loving celebration of everything that makes Disney magical, and it is the best Disney film of all time. Wowee. Well done. Whew. Well under time. <laughs> good speed reading. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Thank so you. if you didn't catch any of that, maybe go back, run that at like <laughs> 0.75 speed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well done. I have made a lot of marks in the pro category for Princess Ooh. and the Frog. Okay, heart oh. rate is currently 118 beats per minute. I'm like shaking literally. <laughs> we are too invested in these like, children's films. I couldn't type. I'm at points because I was like, I just can't process. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are never too invested in Disney films, Ellen. I um, one mark against Ellen. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, okay, take it back and take it back. Um, before we it, pass then. over to Julie, um, are there any facts to check? All or the was facts that all? checked out. Um, I thought it was quite interesting as well, just reading a bit about the, the duo, the Newman... Ooh. Clements duo. They have done a lot of really good films together. Yeah, Little Mermaid, Hercules. Yeah. So that's like cool. a really that's a good a cool. combo. Yeah, yeah um, they're 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 classics. Yeah, definitely. and John Lasseter asked them personally to direct the film. They weren't working for Disney, and he was like, mm. "Yo, I want you back." And they were like, "Okay, I want you back." <laughs> okay, um, yeah. well, if everything's checked out, then we will go over to Julie. You'll have three minutes. A warning, ding at two. And your time starts as soon as you start talking. Released in 2002, Lilo and Stitch is summarised on IMBD as a Hawaiian girl adopts an unusual pet who is actually a notorious extraterrestrial fugitive. This hardly does the movie justice. Lilo and Stitch deals with such themes as bullying, genetic testing, race, blended families, outcasts, child welfare, poverty, death and grief. The film was nominated in 2002 for an Academy Award of Best Animated Feature and uh, Lilo and Stitch actually is so well loved that it has spawned a sequel, video games and even a TV series. The name Lilo is traditionally from Hawaii and means generous one. However, it also may be interpreted as lost. When we first introduced to Hawaii, we are launched into their culture with Polynesian song and dance. The song He Melo No Lilo loosely translates to Lullaby of the Lost. Being lost and found is a major theme throughout this film. While the film doesn't have many songs written specifically for it, it does have the king of rock and roll. Disney cleverly used Elvis Presley's music and Lilo's love of the king to convey the mood. Lilo wished on what she believed was a shooting star and asked, I want someone to be my friend, someone who won't annoy me. Maybe send an angel, the nicest angel you've got. 
At the beach when Lilo and Stitch, uh, so when Stitch finally sees Lilo as a friend, the song Devil in Disguise plays. In this song, we hear the lyric, you look like an angel repeated multiple times, but we know he's a devil in disguise. You may be thinking that Lilo and Stitch's animation is very flat for a movie made in 2002. However, this was actually a creative choice the studio made to create a warm and loving feel. They decided that all the scenery should be watercoloured to achieve this mood. You'll also notice that it is a bluish hue to the movie. At one point, Lilo also says, in relation to a painting of hers, that's from my blue period. I believe they use colour in the first half of the movie to convey sadness, and in the later half of the film, they brighten the scenes with yellows and oranges. The one exception to that kind of watercolour style is a picture of the king himself, which is just a cheeky little nod and a little wink from the Disney animators. They also throw in some classic Easter eggs, such as licence plates that read A113, the classic California animators room that they all learnt in. Um, But what really moves me about this film is its main theme and message. When re-watching this movie, I was struck by a few quotes all around Lilo's little family and the following stayed with me for their powerful messages. I actually cried. <laughs> I like you better as a sister than a mum. You need to think about what's best for Lilo, even if it removes you from the picture. I remember that. I remember everyone that leaves. You wreck everything you touch. Why not and try and make something for a change? I never gave him a purpose. I'm lost. All those quotes touch on not only humanity but what it is to be a family. Ahana means family and family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. And further to that, this is my family. I found them on my own. It's little and it's broken but it's still good. All right. Almost perfect to the time. This is neck and neck. (laughs) wee Um, (laughs) We're both crying. (laughs) I love Lilo and Stitch as well. That that is that is the hard part of these debates and why I've got other people to do this for me. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, there is a world where I would be arguing for both of these movies. Um, Jen, is there anything to clear up? Quite, or? quite good so far. There's still a couple of things because you just rapid fire. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. Um, yes, did get a 2002 Academy Award. Oh, nominated nomination. Um but lost to Spirited Away, yeah. which is fair because that's also great. Um, and, yeah, watercolour. Watercolour yep. for all of the All right, the well, things. that's the first round. So while Jen catches up, I will give both <laughs> of you uh, an opportunity to rebut some of the things that the your opponent has said against about their own movie. Mm-hmm. So, again, we will start with Ellen. You will have two minutes. No warning. I will just cut you off at the end of the two minutes. Uh, and your time starts when you start talking. Okay. So there are three points in which that I believe that Lilo and Stitch is inferior to Princess and the Frog. Ooh. Firstly, the art style. Um, the animation of the backgrounds, the watercolors that you spoke about in Lilo and Stitch are gorgeous, but the character designs, particularly for the aliens and their tech, are pretty bad in my opinion for Disney. They're overly simple and childish. And we know that Disney can design a great alien from Treasure Planet. So I feel like they dropped the ball on this one. When you compare the animation of Princess and the Frog to Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch doesn't live up and you can't just blame it on budget differences because they had enough budget to make the backgrounds beautiful. They just dropped the ball with the actual characters. Secondly, I think the plot kind of falls apart in the third act. Jumper and Pleakley go from wanting nothing other than to catch Stitch to helping him for kind of no reason. Like they hear the spiel about Ohana minutes after destroying Lilo's entire house 
else and her life. And suddenly they're just like, Ohana does mean family. Let's all be together. Oh my God. Also, I think the Grand Councilwoman's decision to allow Stitch to stay on Earth is similarly weak. She doesn't know these people. She doesn't know Lilo or their family. So why is she so willing to let Stitch stay behind? I don't know. It's a little weak. Third, the message, not the Ohana message. That one's good. I think that Disney had an opportunity here to make a very explicit anti-tourist statement, but they pulled back. They make little nods throughout the film. Um, Lilo's habit of like taking photos of tourists and stuff like that, talking about the impact that tourists have on Hawaii, but they cut the one main scene that made this explicit. I'm not saying the princess and the frog stood on a soapbox and said racism is bad out loud, but I think their message about class and unity was better executed. All in all, I don't think these points make Leland such a bad film, but I think it makes it very much a children's film. The design, the plot, and the characters, it's all very much for children, and that's not bad because Disney makes children's films, but I think there's more on offer in Princess and the Frog for children and for parents. All right. Rapid fire, Rapid. everyone. Well done. Uh, yeah, compelling compelling arguments. Um, nothing really to fact no, check there. No, it's just savagery, really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I did catch up a little bit. Oh, yeah. The license plate is is a huge thing for Disney films, and they try and chuck it in all the time. It's in Princess and the Frog as well, yeah, the A113. Yeah. yeah. The A113 is a room number at the California Institute of the Arts where many of the Disney and Pixar animators studied. So it's not the room that right, they actually yeah. animate. It's like, kind of like a homage to where they all learned. Where they, they learned. And if yeah. I could talk faster, I might have been I don't worry. I'm not going to subtract any points <laughs> for that slight. Yeah, uh, but like you might remember it in Toy Story on that mm-hmm. on the car on the, mm. on the van. That yeah, takes yeah. Away. and then also Cars Mater's license plate is that one. Right, it's everywhere. So it's everywhere. It's even. I think it's in. Mon- oh, don't quote me on this. But I think it's in Monsters Inc. on one of the doors. Do I have to I fact believe check you're that? No, we'll wait for Monsters <laughs> Inc. Like, for don't that do one. this to me. Okay. Well, Julie, <clears throat> you will have two minutes. <laughs> Your time will start as soon as you start talking. Mm -hmm. And no warning, I will just cut you off at the end if you have not already finished. Okay. All right, so we talk about race a lot with Princess and the Frog. Obviously, she is the first African-American princess. However, she is not the first princess of ethnicity. Pocahontas, Mulan, Jasmine all came before her. She wasn't groundbreaking in what she did. She was another representation of race. In fact, when they first were making the film, um, it was originally titled The Frog Princess, but Disney changed several key elements to the film after receiving numerous complaints of racial insensitivity. Besides retitling the picture to avoid the implication that the first African-American princess was somehow ugly or an animal, that led to the character's name to be changed from Maddie to Tiana since Maddie sounded too much like Mammy. A subplot about her working as a maid was also dropped to avoid negative stereotypes. Um, I think here where we show a very strong sister taking care of her little sister who she never asked to do that, that was an unavoidable circumstance and her showing her role as a strong feminist. Feminism for Princess and the Frog. Uh, Naveen calls Tiana princess or waitress for the majority of the film, symbolising the objectification of her as a woman. Um, he doesn't call her by her real name until after the song Mabel Evangeline when he starts to fall in love with her. So up until that point, her falling in love with him is her responding to being treated as a second-class citizen. Um, market research suggested that one of the reasons why the film was successful was not the box office bonanza, uh, sorry, and was not the box office bonanza, it was, is because the word princess was in the title, so it excluded little boys. It felt like it was excluding um, little, uh, sorry, 
repeating myself, but boys from seeing the movie, whereas Rapunzel didn't have any connotation of queen or anything like that. So that's why they chose um, to entitle Rapunzel in 2010, Rapunzel and the Snow Queen to Frozen in 2013. Um, You spoke about the animation, how it was subpar in Lilo and Stitch. However, not all of Princess and the Frog is hand And that is your time. Well done. Well used. This is a... Tough one. One fifteen. Ladies, physical pain. <laughs> congratulations on doing your homework and getting it all that information in there. This is by far one of the most information and opinion <laughs> full debates we've had. Opinionful. Opinionful. I think that sums me and Julie up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Quite opinionful. Usually, I don't research my opinion. <laughs> so now what we'll formed. do. Is uh, unless there was anything specific that needed fact checking, I didn't. Um, well, I did check the Maddie thing, and that is true. They played around a lot with the title of the film, the name of the lead character, um, and also her occupation. There was a lot of protests that Maddie's original career was going to be chambermaid, and they're like, "Well, the choice of a black heroine and then a non-black prince." Yeah. They were really playing around with it, so it went through a lot of development, but. They're like, how can we tick off these racism boxes? Mm, Hang on, mm, but, oh, they, no. but they did end up with like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of like things crossed off the list, and then they could come up with like the best, most positive representation in the movie. All so, right, well, yeah. I think we will definitely be talking about that in the next round. So before then, let's take a break. I will uh, write down a couple of questions that I would like answered, and <laughs> we will come back with an open discussion. Alrighty then, now has come the time to air your grievances. <laughs> um, I have one question uh, to which I would like both of you to answer. In your debates, you both attempted to, and with a great degree of success, spin what others have said is a weakness of your film into a positive of that film. I would like you to... Not attack your own film, but acknowledge what you think the greatest weakness of each of your films is. Um, You can explain why you think that is. In fact, I would encourage that. That's what this is about. Um, So, again, we'll start with Ellen and then we'll go to Julie. Easy. No time. Can I just you, begin? Yeah, okay. you can just do whatever you <laughs> want. Your hand was over the bell and I was like, oh. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> Time's up. No excuses. Um, I think, I mean, you can't talk about Princess and the Frog without talking about the race factor. It had a really, really problematic development. Um, I don't think that I, as a white person, can sit here and be like, Princess and the Frog isn't racist or that it doesn't have issues with race because it does. And I read a lot of criticisms about this movie preparing for this debate. I you would have. A lot. And I thought, I think that the criticism is very valid with any, I mean, we all as Disney fans know that Disney kind of has a bit of a problem with race. Criticism of the film in terms of the way it's, you know, characters of color are depicted, I think is very important. It can be criticized. It's not a perfect film. I think Disney did good to address the issues that were brought up in development, like that you brought up about like her name um, being similar to Mammy and a lot of the other issues. Um, They did change those things. I don't think it's super fair to judge the finished product on issues that happened in development because all Disney films have very checkered developments. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things that changes, lots of things that go by. 
Um, what I think about Princess and the Frog is that although it is flawed, you know, you you kind of you kind of brushed over the fact that Tiana is the first African American princess, and yes, there are other Disney princesses of different races, but it was huge in America for Tiana to be black, and every review that I read cr- that criticized the guts out of these films said, but at the end of the day, little black girls get to look up on that shelf at the store or, you know, at the costume shop and they can see a princess yeah, that is for them. They can dress as a Disney princess. They can dress as a Disney princess. You know, there is somebody there that represents them and represents their stories and their families and, you know, their music and their culture and everything like that. And I think that that at the end of the day is what Disney is kind of all about. And I think yeah. that, there's no point pretending it's it can't be criticized. It can, but okay. I mean. And what about you, Julie? What do you think is the weakest part so of the Lilo and Stitch? Reoccurring weakest part in Lilo and Stitch comes down to the animation. Now, when this movie came out in 2002, I was 12 and I went and saw it at the cinemas um, on holiday with my parents. And not, uh, although at the time we had other movies like Toy Story was already out and things like that, I had no point during the movie thought to myself, oh, this movie is crap because of the animation. That is Mm. something that you pick up as an adult. Um, And yes, I think the shape of the characters is a little clunky and awkward. However, their explanation for that is that they actually modelled all the aliens of fish so that they didn't look as scary for for like a A child child. to see. Um, I think whilst... That is still true. Yes, it is really clunky and they kind of look a bit awkward at times. There is a charm to that as well, so much so that Stitch is still a really well-loved character. I went to um, Disneyland Tokyo in 2016. Stitch still has a float. Mm -hmm. and It's not um, a movie that, you know, has had a re-release or anything like that because of, I'm assuming, the animation and the clarity of it, but it is still so, so loved. You always can find Stitch merchandise. You can see him on the floats, but who they don't have is Tiana. They do not have any representation on in a parade of Tiana. I know they do in America, but I believe they don't, and I have asked my friends who work in those parks, they don't have one in Tokyo or Shanghai. All right. Well... Open discussion. Do either of you have anything that you think that your opponent hasn't answered for or that you would like to ask them about your film? Um, I, I do. By all means. You say that it's all hand-drawn, but it's 2D. Not. It's not all hand-drawn. I don't think I said it was hand-drawn. It's all 2D. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I, know I believe they, you, an homage to An homage other, to. Because yeah. it was created on yeah. Um, Adobe. Yeah, yeah, it was digital. Yeah. I think the only thing that was hand-drawn was the um, almost there sequence which they drew on paper yeah. and then scanned in and um, yeah. animated by photoshop um you also make point of it being her like ambition but it's not her dream it's her father's dream and within that dream and you actually see it in almost there she's got this packed place which is beautiful because it's obviously filled full of people of color and um and people that of wealth that are mixing together but this is during the prohibition and they're all serving alcohol as well so even that though was it actually, was done at the time because New Orleans did ignore a lot of prohibition laws, yeah. her dream is also to do something illegal. <laughs> oh, my God. Savage. <laughs> um, no, the, the filmmakers did say that they were basically like, 
it's New Orleans. You can't have a movie set in New Orleans and have them not drink, even if it is a Disney film. I think that, you know, I don't think it's not her dream because it, it was a dream that she shared with her father and her father died tragically and he never got to see his dreams come true. I think that it, the reason actually that it is her shared dream with her father is because the developers thought that it wasn't enough motivation for her to just want to own a restaurant. Mm. They were like, it's it's good. It's good. But why does she care so much about this restaurant? But is that not an attack on feminism as well? It's not enough so for her to have her own dream? No, I think it is. A restaurant. Is that not enough? Like do people that own restaurants, are we looking down on them because they just own a restaurant? No, absolutely not. I don't think it's a, I think Tiana is honestly one of the most feminist princesses and characters in Disney films because she has so much agency. Everything that she does is on her terms. She works two jobs every day to save up for her dream. Yes, it's a dream that's shared with her father, but I mean, he's her father. It's not some random guy being like, you mm. should do this, Tiana. But she it's also a dream that she says with her dad. Like also falls for a man that has been belittling her inch by inch in a way that she may be but unaware But she dismisses of. that. She dismisses that. She has got Naveen's number from the first nanosecond. She calls him names as well. She teases him. He says She says that he was born sucking on a silver spoon while she had to work every day. There, I do not think there is a case at all for and Tiana and Naveen's relationship. As we have uh, resorted to quotes from the movies, I think that is a very good answer <laughs> to that question. Um, if there isn't anything from you on, we'll move on to final summations. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we will see what happens. All right, so you have both made very good cases for your movies and rebutted the other's arguments. We've had a discussion. It was very civil. Now I will give both <laughs> of you- I am going to kill Julie after this recording. <laughs> Oh, that'll make a great episode of Murder in the Land of Oz. <laughs> yes. Which you won't be wanted. Because <laughs> I will be in prison. <laughs> call in from prison. Yeah. Uh, so I will g- now give you both one minute to summarize your arguments and your rebuttals if necessary. Uh, final arguments for or against. And I will throw to Ellen. One minute. I won't give you a warning. I'll just cut you off at the end of the minute. And your time starts <laughs> when you start talking. I think that Princess and the Frog is really the hallmark of Disney magic. It has all of the elements of other Disney films, past and present, that we love all together in an amazing setting with amazing characters, fantastic music, moments that make you cry, moments that make you laugh. It is everything that is Disney magic. And I think that, you know, you you can't overstate the importance of having representation. And Tiana brings representation to a very marginalized group of people. And I love this film. It makes me weep every time I watch it. Um, it really is to me the the height of Disney animation and Disney magic. I also love Lilo and Stitch, but I think when you watch them back to back, it's evident which film is the superior film, and that is Princess and the Frog. All right. Heartfelt. Ooh. Julie, you have one minute. Your time starts as soon as you start talking. Lilo and Stitch is a beautifully imagined film. It has its own original script. It is not a fairy tale reused and reimagined. It has a very strong message and that message is so important for children and adults alike. It is family. 
Ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. And it's such a strong message, especially in this day and age for all families out there, for kids that come from broken families, for kids that are dealing with grief. This is a perfect movie to watch and try to understand that you can be found again. Lilo and Stitch, Lost and Mended. Uh, We need to think as well about the messages that it gives you. It's dealing with some very deep things deep things. I liked you better as a sister than a mum, a choice that sister never got to make, nor did Lilo. Um, You need to think about best from Lilo, even if it removes you from the picture. What a punch in the guts that is to hear as an adult. As a kid, you're like, oh, that's sad. And that's your minute. Okay. Now I will need to be savage. Okay. I don't think Lilo and Stitch is a completely original story. (sighs) I read something a little while ago. A children's book, Lilo and Stitch, A Love Story of a Girl and What She Thinks is a Dog by Chris Sanders. Was it the novelization of Actually the film? Actually created way back in 1985, <gasps> question mark? <gasps> question mark? Most people think Lilo and Stitch was created all at one time by Disney just for the 2002 film, but that's not the case. Is the book written by someone from Disney? No. Disney took that story, mm-hmm. but it's not an original story. Ooh, I stand oh, my lord. Okay. I don't think any of us saw that coming. <laughs> okay. The book well, was never properly published and Stitch was then made into a movie 17 years later. Oh, so no one Chris, could read it. Chris Sanders was not only one of the directors of Lilo and Stitch, so then he was brought on board, but he was also brought on as co-screenwriter, co-character designer, so then they could bring the heart of the book and not yeah. butcher it when it's brought right. to film. Okay, so it was written outside of Disney, but then mm. Disney, Disney found it. Disney went, yeah. we want that one, and then took it. I'll have that one, thanks. <laughs> All right, well, I have some maths to do, everyone. So <laughs> while I do some maths, I would like both of our debaters to spend some time uh, talking about what they love about the other person's movie. Oh, it's so pretty. The music is freaking amazing. So in good. Princess and the Frog. So good. Like a jazz classic. Yeah, you really yeah, can't get past it. I love Lilo and Stitch. Like I said before we recorded, I'd never seen it before and I watched it and I was like, oh no, why is this movie so good? I may lose this debate. <laughs> it made me cry so much. And I, I love, I don't like the animation, but I love the backgrounds and the setting and everything like that. It's amazing. I love the way that music is used in Lilo and Stitch as well. The Hawaiian songs that they sing, the Elvis music, it's just so cleverly done and it's so musical without being a musical. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I mean, you can't, you can't go past Ohana. Like Ohana. Ohana. I know. It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I love, um, the, what's it? I cried in um, watching YouTube clips of Princess and the Frog yesterday when the Firefly died. The Firefly? I was like, yeah. this is unnecessary. It can <laughs> confirm there are real tears in the studio. <laughs> there, it, oh, my God. Every I've seen Princess and the Frog a billion times, and every time that damn Firefly gets stepped yeah. on, I am just like, it's like it happened for the first time all over again. It's <sighs> so sad. I'm and it's so beautiful. I make a promise to you that I endeavor not to fall asleep next time I watch that movie. I would really. I'm going to watch the middle. I'll start at the middle, actually. Start at the middle. Start at the middle. Okay. Well, I've done the maths. (gasps) Julie, how's your heart rate? Heart rate check. 126. Oh, an all-time high. And climbing. Uh, Okay. So I will say first pass, there is a winner. There's a clear winner. (gasps) A big relief. (laughs) I don't think I could do this again for a tie break. Um, So... 
Uh, one of the sweepaway categories was message, and that went to Lilo and Stitch. I think the fact that Lilo and Stitch has so many wholesome and real messages um, all the way through it, it really, uh, really, I think that is... The Princess and the Frog just couldn't keep up. The Princess and the Frog was great for representation, but every every part of that story is about the relationship of of Nani and Lilo, and then also bringing Stitch in and and Ohana. You can't, you just can't fight against Ohana. You can't fight <laughs> against Ohana. Um, when it came down to the music, though, the other sweep away category. Princess and the Frog, like New oh, Orleans well, jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Elvis is what a shock. <laughs> you, you, you got a lot of points for Elvis, but but still, like just the the amount of songs and and the way that they use the songs as well. I think uh, Princess and the Frog really really took took that category and ran away with it. It was very close when it came to that Disney touch. Um, the talking about the development of. Uh, of Lilo and Stitch and then also the redevelopment of Princess and the Frog. Now, that's when it comes to the message and what uh, Lilo argued against or Julie for Lilo argued against is a lot of the arguments against uh, Princess and the Frog in the message, they fix those mistakes and so I I didn't hold them against uh, Princess and the Frog. Uh, But also Lilo and Stitch took out the moments. There are so many iconic moments in 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 Lilo and Stitch, <laughs> or Stitch with the guitar, <laughs> taking a photo of the tourist. Uh, so many, uh, even just Cobra Bubbles uh, is is <laughs> on his knuckles. Cobra Bubbles yeah. is Cobra his bubbles. own moment. <laughs> <laughs> there there are a couple moments that I was hoping Ellen would bring up, uh, specifically around uh, Big Daddy and his daughter. Yeah, like, I wish I got to talk yeah. about them. <laughs> but they, again, they were cut for time, but. Uh, so it comes down to movie magic <laughs> and it honestly, because it's so much anticipation, <laughs> uh, movie magic goes to princess and the frog. Oh. So princess and the frog is the better Disney movie than Lilo and Stitch. No. And honestly, it came down to Ellen pointing out the the minor problems with how Lilo and Stitch uh, was animated, how it was created and how it was marketed and the fact that Julie didn't go as hard after Princess and the Frog for those same things. Um, sorry, it, it only came down to a couple points Ooh, and this is tough for me. This is Lilo and Stitch meant a lot to me uh, at points in my life and I'm very sorry uh, that it has to leave the debate at this point. But if I have made the wrong choice, go on Facebook. There will be a poll. Oh, if you're listening I to this. I already know the results of that poll. <laughs> <laughs> I there. think that Lilo is going to be a wild card for sure. It is so beloved. Like you cannot like get rid of that nostalgia factor. And What's the, the wild card criteria again? It's the biggest gaps, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, there, there will be four wild card entries in the next round. Uh, and it'll be the the movies with the biggest gaps between them and the and the movie that won mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook poll. So you'll have one week to vote. If you're listening to this, go vote now because um, this is heartbreaking for me. I'm happy for Princess and the Frog. I'm heartbroken for Lilo and Stitch. 
So that is that is the debate for this week. Man, oh, good man. Congratulations, Ellen. Thank you. Um, I have been up all night, like lying in bed, <laughs> thinking about the Princess and the Frog for about a month. So I'm very happy for this to be over. And uh, I guess consolations to <laughs> Julie. Um, I was really hoping, but oh, like that's the thing. This is another one of those movies that mm-hmm. I couldn't pick which one to fight for. Absolutely. Um, and thank you to Jen for fact checking. Um, if you feel strongly, go vote. Have your say. Share us around on social media. Give us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That'll get more people in. And if you think that you have the popular choice, it's on you to get your title into the next round. Uh, So you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Instagram. Uh, Feel free to email us at DisneyVersusDisney at gmail.com. And thank you again to my lovely debaters. Thank you. Thank you, Zane. And we'll catch you next time. Keep watching Disney. listening to the floof and popper podcast i'm mel i'm taylor and we're going to talk about all things dogs dog stories dog breeds dog tips and tricks dog puns dog jokes dog everything out if you're not listening uh hit us up at the floof and popper podcast wherever you get your podcast tune in uh, that's not kind of productions podcast Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.